This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Picture this, you're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Welcome back to episode 44. This is a, another that Mill podcast, and I am joined by my regular co-host. Feeling a bit of a cold. It's not COVID. Don't panic. Don't put your mask on while you're listening. It's definitely not COVID. It's just a, a common cold, one of those things we had many years ago, which are now resurfacing, uh, a bit like a pair of your dad's flares trousers. But look, we're welcome to one and only Omar. How you doing, fella? I'm all right, pal. Yourself? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good now. I don't have the cold, but I've obviously... Passed it to you, and now it's your turn to um, be snuffering, suffering, and sniffing, and yeah. running nose, and feeling shit, and yeah, yeah, I had that last week. So uh, the sniffles yeah. are definitely prevalent at the moment. And um, welcome to edition number forty-five, not forty-four, Mickey. But I'll allow you one. It's okay. It's all good. It don't matter. This is going to be probably one of our best shows ever. There is going to be no negativity. There is no going to be all oh, what camp you're in and all that. We're going to celebrate one hell of a fucking display by Millwall this week against a very, very average QPR. Join us back in part two straight after this. Come on, tell us, what was it like seeing a Millwall playing in a reminiscence of Barcelona in its prime? Wow, what a comparison that is. Um, firstly, you're saying part two, and I understand it's te- technically the second part of the show already because you split up the intro. Sorry, part one. up a little bit, but we'll say, we'll go, we'll go part two, it's all right. We'll, we'll go in the exotic today. I've given you the reins because I feel like I'm going to have to keep you myself. But, mate, yeah, what performance on Tuesday night? I think um, you're saying positivity or negativity. I don't. I think we're actually quite level-headed at the best of times, to be fair to us. Like, we're not... I think when when we feel like enough is enough, I admit when the you know Blackpool away, that was a turning point for me at the time. In a sense that we didn't play with any ambition or kind of desire to go for it. Fast forward to Tuesday night at home to QPR, off the back of a decent win against Cardiff that me and Kai covered the other night, and you know I thought we both kind of was not lost for words after Cardiff, but we just couldn't quite narrow down how it went down. We felt like, you know, Cardiff were there for the taking and we just won the game and we got one over them, fortunately, on the day. But fast forward to Tuesday and that is exactly what we all want as Mill supporters. On the front foot, exciting football. Not necessarily, when I define exciting football, it's just ambition to attack the opposition and go for the game. 
I, I know it sounds stupid, but we don't do that enough under the manager. And we're doing it now. And if that's what we're getting served up on a weekly basis, come win or lose or draw, come rain or shine, as the saying goes, we'll be there because that's what we want to see. That is exactly the definition of football, Mickey, for us, that Millwall suit. And yeah, the, the two goals were class. And I think we'll obviously touch on that in a bit more detail in a minute. But just the performance and the pressing levels and how high we press up the pitch and players running from side to side on the pitch and just putting 100% in, that's all we ask for as Millwall fans. Absolutely. That, that is all we ask for. Um, and the reason why you'll get a couple of mistakes with me quoting the wrong show and part two and all that is because we record it live. We don't really do lots of edit like some shows. We just record live and, and if we fuck up, we fuck up. But no, fly it's Tuesday. Fly on the wall, yeah. Um, I just... I I think, you know, there's been a couple of turning points, but Peterborough, you know, Blackpool, yeah, okay, fine. But yeah, listen, if they play like they did, win, lose or draw... That's that's all we want as Millwall fans. And I mean, you, you know, I saw some, you know, quite a few uh, stuff over the weekend and that from obviously another show where there was quite a negative tinge on, on some of the comments that were made, um, you know, previous and stuff. But look, that's all we want. All we want is people to go out there, play for that badge and win, lose or draw. The same, same, same thing what's happened across Millwall for decades and decades and decades and decades. We're a working-class club with working-class roots. And we pay a lot of money to come and see you. And as long as you play like that every week, we couldn't care less if you get beat 6-0 every week. As long as you play like that and leave everything on that pitch, fucking game on, mate. Game on. Uh, and, yeah, they they were they looked hungry from yeah. probably the, about 10 minutes in when they suddenly settled in and they just looked like they were never going to lose that. Even the first minute when Matt Namara had the chance, mate. And yeah, just yeah. to talk back to your point about um, positivity, negativity, other channels and all that sort of stuff. The, the it's, a ble- it's the best thing ever doing this podcast and I love it. And it's great, you know, to get the interactions with people. At the same time, our voices are out there to be heard by everyone. It's not the same. We like to try and liken ourselves to the post-match pint having the, at the pub. Yeah, and it's where you wear your heart on your sleeve, and that is the that is the crux of it. You know, we, we're kind of heat at the moment because we're football fans, and you know, we're delusional at the best of times, and that's the way it works with with this. And also, our opinions is broadcasted out there. So, like, you know, of course, and I'll speak on behalf of everyone else that does this sort of content. Like, when shit is shit, it's it's hard to talk about it in a positive light, and that is the facts of it. But and, then, when you've got these wins like this and the performances yeah. to back it up. You, you feel a bit contradictory to then come on and start being positive about it. But at the same time, it's because my opinion is not behind closed doors or over a pint at the pub. It's on here. It, of course, you're going to look a bit kind of like two-faced or, but we don't do it for the views because we're not bothered about trying to get titles and stuff. But at the same time, of course, we're going to be kind of contradictory of what we say, especially when the team is as contradictory as they are ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We could, we could go for the views and we could just cut our show into about 18 different parts and just put them all out singly um we could do that but we're not there for that we look the way we've always wanted to do it from from and, and before we went on doing the show we we pre-planned it for a couple of years talking about what we wanted to making sure that what we wanted to do was right and what we wanted to do was basically we're just two fellas sitting in a pub really having a chat after the game and that's it and i understand that if we do a recording on a saturday night or a tuesday night straight after the game our passion and our views are slightly different if we slept on it for 24 hours and done it on the following day. Um, and we record these shows slightly different, but I think that the views are still the same. Um, win, lose or draw, we'll always follow Millwall. Um, I think that if we backed everything, what they ever done, praised them, praised the management, the, the, the board, the directors, the players, everything else week in, week out, I think you'd you'd basically get bored of us. So hopefully what you hear from us is truth. uh, And it's the same sort of view what you have. Uh, You're never, ever going to agree with us 24-7, especially with me. Uh, I talk a lot of bollocks. Um, Most people know that. Most people who know me know that. But I am passionate about the club. I do love the club. I love Millwall through and through. Um, And... That's why I have Omar on, because Omar's got the football knowledge, what necessarily I don't. So we quite, we pretty much bounce off each other. But, you know, 
when we're shit, we're shit. But fucking Tuesday night was top draw. It was something what we needed. Do you know what I mean? It was it was basically like, you know, in the words of Snoop Dogg, mate, that was a lovely big blunt being given there, mate. And he was just sitting there sucking on a big one, mate. Because <laughs> that was that was just that was the best pint of Guinness you could get, the best fucking bottle of wine. That was something what was needed for a long, long time. We needed to see that actually they get us. They understand what we want. And looking at the post-match interviews, what were on recast with the real wall. You listen to Bennett, you listen to Jed especially, um, and you can sense that they felt good. Going into that game, they felt good. Uh, and that game, they just, it was theirs. There was, no one else was going to do it. I mean, we're squad that's together, that's for sure. And I think, um, you know, it's easy to question it. You know, form's not been great, especially on the road of late. And that's definitely something we need to put right starting on Saturday, which I know we'll talk about more in more detail soon. And that is the key of it, you know. Consistency is what we've been lacking all season. And that's the third time this season we won back-to-back league games. The key now is to try and do one better and try and win three games in a row for the first time this season, which is crazy to think, you know, we're, what, 28, 29 games into the season and we've not won more than two games on the bounce. And that is ultimately what's been our kind of downfall this whole season. And, yeah, I mean, we could, you know, we'll delve into the game obviously a bit, but, you know, we're recording this on Thursday night. If we're going out Friday, I think, if you wanted to hear about the game, you've probably heard about it already at this point. You know, it's, it's for us, it's just obviously the performance itself, you know, it was good. It was, it was amazing even. Like QPR come to town off the back of a poor defeat at Barnsley. And obviously the onus is on them to try and turn that around. From the first minute, like I mentioned, Matt Namara at the back post, I think Malone down the left, you know, neat work with Jeds. Ball goes in the box. Matt Namara at the back post, I'm thinking this is his chance, written the headlines. And I think he fought it himself at the time, Mickey, didn't he? Yeah, this is my moment to try and be a mill hero. Score my first ever goal for the club at the den, and he just shanks it into I think the end at the end. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was shocking that from him. But you know, we didn't, we weren't made to miss it or made to ruin it. And I think that first half, you know, albeit it was nil nil at half time, we knocked on the door on multiple occasions. Jed Wallace had a brilliant chance midway through the half. I think it was scooped back in from a set piece. He's on the edge of the eighteen yard line from the left side. Forces a good save out of Marshall, and we just kept persisting knocking on the door. There was times where QPR maybe had moments. I think that Elias Chair is a good player. He carried the ball a few times in the first half. And then second half, mate, the rest was history. Yeah, the second I mean the first half, I think we just we just controlled the centre of the pitch. They were they were defending really deep and we were just controlling it. We were still knocking the ball around, we were getting chances, and we just looked comfortable on the ball. Um and I come you know, we'll come to that in a little bit, what why why possibly we were. But yeah, half time, players went in. Fuck knows what Gary said to him or, or or whoever said whatever they did. They came out and they just upped the switch, up the intensity even more. Um, I think the second half, mate, what was key is like we had a lot less of the ball, but it was when we had it, play of intensity, get the ball forwards. And that was demonstrated with both the goals, really. I think especially yeah. the first, you know, Jed gets it from deep. On I think Hutchinson intercepts it on the right-hand side, runs yeah. forward a bit. Me and Kai spoke about it in our last show saying – why are the centre-backs not getting forward anymore from the wide positions? Well, the, the chain was unleashed on Tuesday night. The shackles were definitely taken off where they were just bombing up the pitch. There was a couple of times where Wallace won the ball and bombed on on the left side. Same with Hutch on the right side. Wins the ball this occasion. And then he picks out Jed's great pass. And then Jed like, plays an unbelievable ball over the top to Malone. It was kind of like reminiscent, a lot of people said it, of the Blackburn game where Ballard plays it over the top to Malone. And then Wallace is on the end of Malone's cross. But this time, it's Bennett on the end of it. Great pick out at the far post and a, a finish of a plum, mate. It's brilliant. Yeah, and there's some good videos with the reverse angle of that shot. And uh, and even Copper 90s picked it up um, because obviously they've seen the power of the retweet and all that lot. But it's, you know, maybe we'll get it out there as well, possibly. But it's it, it's superb from that corner flag where obviously the mill had the cameraman doing their shots. It was just superb. Mm-hmm. Um, you just see him get it, and he just you you just knew that before that ball even left was his name's foot. As soon as it was coming in, you knew that was going in. It was one of those moments when it where you just knew no matter who was there, it was going in that goal. It was just absolute sweet. The passing before it, everything else was just nailed on. Fair play to Bennett as well because um, I think that's his third goal in four at home or three at home. I think he scored like, and he's on a little run now and he's become quite a vocal point in the team. 
And obviously with with Bifobi's injury and Burke going off injured in the first half, which we've not touched on yet, I think he's going to be relied on for the few games to come. And it's scary to say that because we know what his injury record's like since he's been with us and in his career in general. Like He's probably wrapped up in cotton wool right now going up to Blackburn and we're just praying that nothing happens to him on Saturday because... He, I think he's demonstrated he's kind of got this kind of poacher's nouts. And I think in these interviews yeah. that you mentioned on Recast, he says the manager's been telling him to stay within the goalposts. And yeah. he, he's typically been a player that likes to play out wide or get in wide yeah. areas and run with the ball. No, it's, let's forget about that. Let's touch on the ball, but be more effective in the opposition's box. And yeah, fair play to him. It's Great working. And I think he's, it doing is. Right, he's doing something right, ain't he? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's three goals in the last four. Um and, and he's you know he's doing he's doing well there and he he seems to be enjoying his football like he said on on the thing he's you know he's enjoying his football um the crowd uh, are taking to him really well he's really really I think got the crowd on side now they he is a traditional Millwall player and he gives it all it go through people it chase stuff down you know I think I think the best thing is someone said to me the other day is that. No wonder he don't play full 90 minutes when his work rate is what it is. Do you know he's what I mean? He's full battery or full charge, oh, ain't he? He's non-stop. He's, he's fucking... It is a, it, yeah, he's a fucking Duracell Benny, mate, on fucking amphetamine. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's <laughs> what was, fucking... What was the saying that um, the alternative commentary said? Scratching, uh, crashing beamers and scoring screamers. If he if he keeps That's scoring it. the screamers, long will that continue? Because, you know, like, it's not even... It's not even they look good like they're smart finishes like the goals that he's scoring the head at the back post on Saturday you know easy to miss but he managed to get on target and again on Tuesday night it's come at him at pace he's managed to just guide it left foot into the corner and made it look so easy mate and I think you know going up to Blackburn a team that have kind of dipped in form recently and they'll be keen to try and get back to winning ways we'll talk about it more towards the end of this show but we're kind of confident all of a sudden it's crazy and the players are showing that confidence on the pitch yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't think this late in the season that you suddenly, we've been unconfident most of the season to now suddenly feeling confident going into the last load of games going, do you know what, if this is what we've got in our tank, then you know what, we we could open up this this run into the end of the season. We could open it up right up. Um, so you have to no, be carried away, don't you? you no, 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 I'm not, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm not saying we're going to get playoffs. I'm not saying that at all. But I do yes, think that, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm not at all, mate. But what I'm saying is, is that I just, I, I, I just want that positivity to stay. Uh, and the team looked one on Saturday, you know, the passing, Keeping hold of the ball, not giving it away, not doing the back passing, what they're always fucking doing, you know, fucking up in the opposition. Oh, well, we're passed right away back to fucking Bart, and then we fucking try and get it back down, or Bart bars it down, and we fuck it up. I just look, I just thought it was great. I suppose the only negativity we got is our two new signings are both out long term now with hamstring, correct. But in a weird way, yeah, obviously I'll tell you on that first, obviously, it's a shame to see them both injured. I think Freeman could have been a good little fit, but obviously Wallace is coming to the side now and we seem to have kind of found a formation that works. And I think the manager said after the game, this is an interview, it's easy to say after on the back of a great performance like that, and he labelled it as one of his best since he's come to the club. It's easy to say, oh, this is what we wanted to do because you've won the game and you're back-to-back wins. I get it. But if that's what he wanted to see in his whole division there... Wallace being fit, and the downside of Burke going off is obviously he's injured and he's out for six, five, I think next five, six games, supposedly, that's come out today. But step forward, Tyler Bury, mate, and wow, <laughs> unbelievable finish. Obviously, like we said, you know, two well-worked goals. I think it's, again, down the right-hand side, intercepted, and then next thing you know, Jed's flipped the ball on to Bury. Superb flick, by the way. And Arias Sergio Wallace, like I said on my tweet post game, we've missed you, and that is the Jed we've missed. And I, I'm, I wasn't convinced that the number ten position would be great for him playing in the hole between the midfield and the, and forward line. But I was quickly put to uh, wrong there. You know, if you think of Jed when we first signed him, he was a right winger. Likes to get he's likes to get his boots uh, covered in white chalk, so to speak. You know, hugging the touchline and you know trying to beat his man and put the ball in the box, but. He's developed so much as a player during these five, six years here at the Dennis. He's, he's, he's showed his true value there. 
But enough about Jeds because, yes, of course, great influence on the goals and no one ever doubted him. But Bury, mate, takes his goal with a plumb. What a finish, cutting in on his right and buried past the defender and past the keeper. I was right behind it in the Cobble Lane end, you know, in the Jamie Carr stand. Who thought he was going to lose it? What a finish. I thought, I thought, I thought yeah, when he'd done that cutback, yeah. I thought, no, yeah. what are you doing? It's my mate, yeah. Pass it, pass it, pass it. What are you doing? And he, and there, but do you know what that also shows is the confidence that lad must have in training Correct. that Jed just went, do you know what? Because Jed had a chance. He, he could have potentially done it slightly different, turned the player. He could have had it, and he didn't. He just knew that if the ball went over to Bury, Bury's going to score it. Faith in your and team, that mate, just, that's just. For a young lad, that's just an unbelievable goal for your, you know, for your first goal in front of Colblow Lane or Jeremy Kyle, in front in front of that stand was probably that that that's everybody's dream, isn't it? If you could play for Millwall, your first goal would be in front of Colblow Lane, and that that that's just that ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? That is just unbelievable. If you haven't seen his goal and you've been living in a fucking box. Then it's on social media. I think we've retweeted one of the people's tweets and whatnot. But if you look at it, it is an unbelievable goal for someone so young in immense pressure. And he just, the way he cut around the player and cut back in, everybody in that stand, I think, thought, shit, what are you doing? But no, head screwed on, controlled it properly and just fucking smashed it. Brilliant finish. I think the thing is, you say young, he's 21. Like, that's still young. I 100% agree with you. And, you know, if I'm in that position playing in front of Mill fans, going into the Cobble Lane end, I'm obviously being a Mill fan. I'm probably shitting myself and levering it as hard as I can and hoping it just hits the target. But he just showed the class. And, like, he's been in and around the setup now, what, since just before COVID? That's when he was in the team. And then I remember him, obviously, he had a good cut run last year, played at Bournemouth, had a decent game. And he's had moments, you know, he came on against Middlesbrough when we lost 3-0 earlier in the season. Oh, no, last season, sorry. And showed glimpses. He's just got this raw pace and talent. But we've not really seen the consistency from him that we're seeing now. And I think God knows how good he'd have been. Like, he's still good now, don't get me wrong. And a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant performance on Tuesday. But if he was fit the whole of the first half of the season and playing at Hartlepool, we all saw the three goals he scored there. Unbelievable finishes in them games. But if he played consistency up until... January, maybe there might be a big price tag on his head and people being interested in Mickey because Coy is showing some real talent there and also, like you said, confidence. And for someone, you know, relatively inexperienced with league appearances, he's just playing with no fear. And I just hope that doesn't get coached out of him. I hope he just plays the same way he's playing now and consistently just play for fun. And like, I labelled him like the Paul Ifield, didn't I, after one of the home games? I was just about to say was, that. That, that, was that. That is that to me. That, that, that is it. No fear. You don't know what you're going yeah. to get. Sometimes you're going to get good. Sometimes you're going to get bad. But we gave him an hour to play the other night, and he duly delivered. Fair play to him. I was going to, I was going to ask you that bit because I saw a tweet what someone did over the weekend who turned around and said, "Can this be our next Paul Eiffel? You know, he's, you know, you don't know what you're going to get every game. He could score an absolute peach. He could be fucking superb. He, he might not be. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's a, that's a question out for everyone listening. You know, get involved. Give us a a message back, but, you know, I know it's early, but he's definitely showing signs that he could well be that 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 Paul Eiffel-type player. What, you know, we definitely need in the side. I labelled it, didn't I, after, I can't remember what game it was when he came on. Like, And it, I fought it for a little while. It, it's just because he, he gets the fans excited and wants to get off their feet, off their seat, mm. sorry, when they're, mm. you know, when he's on, the, he's on the ball and he's looking to take a man on. That is the kind of excitement level we want from a middle winger or a middle attacker. And he has that in abundance. Like, you want to get on the edge of your seat thinking, what's he going to do now? And I think there'll be games where he frustrates us. And there's plenty of wingers at Millwall. James Henry comes to mind. Paul Ifill. You know, players that frustrate you and you're thinking, cool, what is this? But what you get from them sometimes is unbelievable moments. And that is what Tyler Bureau did the other night. And it's, it is too early to heat pressure onto him or expect ex- expectations. But... You know, I liken it almost to, albeit he was only 16, 17 when he scored for United. Rashford, right, came on as a, a sub in the Europa League, got his opportunity because there was injuries to four or five players. <coughs> yeah. And then look at Rashford now. And I'm not saying, I'm not expecting Bury to go on to anywhere near the lengths of that, but the opportunity is there for him. He's not hidden away from it. He's not shirked it. 
and he took it with both hands and said, hang on, that's mine. That's my opportunity to impress. And he's done it. And I think after the game, right, I said, you know, he's been knocking on my door for a while saying, I'm, I'm ready, Gaffer, I'm ready to play. He certainly is on that kind of performance, mate, 100%. It's just hopefully that we do. You know, I know that Gary said that he, um, he they didn't send him back out because they see something in him. Well, yeah, well, we're starting to see something in him too. And, you know, he needs to be playing a lot more games. And um, and hopefully he gets that opportunity and he goes forward. Well, he's going to when there's injuries in the squad. So that's for sure. And, yeah, he's just, you know, fucking absolutely superb, isn't he? That, that's just... Uh... There's nothing else. I mean, that goal was just, it was as if, it was as if everything was aligned, wasn't it, on, on Tuesday. Um, we've had, you know, the Cardiff was, win. Sorry to cut in there. Like, we, what was strange was, is that we didn't really feel too much pressure from QPR either. And no. it was a, it was kind of a reminiscent of the Millwall of hard to beat and hard to score against on Tuesday night. I don't know if you can call QPR on a bad day, but at the same time, you only play what's in front of you. And it was a good performance all round, mate. And there was other players that stood out. I thought Mitchell was good. Keefton Bell, quality again. And the same for the whole defence. Probably our worst player, I think someone said it the other day, was Bielkowski because he had hardly anything to do. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, Billy was good. Um, Keith is, is just coming into his own. That's the player. Again, what Rarit said, that's the player I've, I've seen and the player I wanted. And now he's starting to become instrumental in the team, isn't he? He's starting to really hold that position. And I tell you, how long is it going to be before he scores a 30, 40 yards fucking screamer? Because that's keeps. got to be coming. Yeah. He keeps having the chances, doesn't he? I think there's yeah. going to be a screamer there at some point. Um, but look, if you can get a few of those scoring goals, mate, then it all adds up, doesn't it? Um, is the pressure eased from going into Saturday with the fact that they knew they didn't have a striker? So they knew they didn't have any proven strikers so the team was going to have to work together to try and find goals and because of that just it was attacking football everyone was was up for it game for it it's weird because like like I said the other night me and Kai were talking and said we don't really see the wing backs get forward that much either and from the first minute the intention was there and you just I think it's as much the manager as it is the players in this scenario that is the benchmark now and like that is the and it, I agree with you, like maybe the circumstances, backs against the wall, you know, the expectation is not really there. Just put the shift in, the hard yards in and see where it takes us. That's Millwall over, isn't it? And I think the key is now to try and capture that mentality as long as you can. When you have a full squad available, forget all the hopes and expectations. Just give us the bare minimum of run into your last breath, run into your last kick, you know, and just put that 110% effort that we want. And hopefully, because let's be honest, we've all said this is probably one of our most talented squads. If we're working hard and we're doing the hard work, the talent that we all believe we have will start to show in the side. And that's all you ask for. And I think that's what happened Tuesday. First half, we huffed and puffed, had a couple of moments, like I said. But because of sheer desire and sheer determination to win, pressing up the pitch when we had to, the, the, the quality started to show through when we needed it most. And I think that's the recipe we need now. And 15 games to go. One game at a time, just keep putting them performances in, mate. I think that's it. Treat every game as a cup final, isn't it? That's yeah. the old cliche. The cliche is treat every game as a cup final. But on, on Tuesday, we turn up for a London derby. Um, I've got a pal, one of my customers who's a QPR, a massive QPR fan. And and I was texting him through the game and he was just saying, you know, this was an embarrassment. You know, we just didn't turn up for a fucking London derby when we should have done. Uh, and, you know, he was, you know, really, really gayed with it. I was taking the piss out of him all the time. Do you know what I mean? Saying, you know, kept texting him after we score. What's the score? And he's going, you fucking know what the score is and all this. But I just think we needed it. We needed it against the London derby. We needed the players to show us that there's something they've got, what we know they've got, but we just needed to see it. And we definitely saw it. And I think, you know, hey, oh, this doesn't stop are still questioning some of Rowett's tactics and it doesn't stop us, you know, talking about a few bits and pieces, what have been going on and off, off the pitch. But at the moment, mate, they, that is, if, if that's how he wants them to play and he can get them to play like that now going forward week in, week out, then he, 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 he's going to, you know, he's going to bring himself back in favour quite rapidly if that's the way he wants to play it. Because that was 
nice, exciting, um, edge of power, power and hunger. Power, power, hunger, passion. That was, yeah, definitely, mate. Absolutely. Um, because I agree with you. It's true. But you said there the players turned up. The fans turned up with the atmosphere, but not everyone yeah. turned up on Tuesday. I thought it would be an interesting topic, Mickey, there, just to deviate a little bit. Um, and also tie into the presence of our chairman the last two games. I mean, obviously, I suppose if your if players want to show up and perform and your manager wants to put the best efforts in, John Belson needs to be here for 46 games a season, as far as I'm concerned, if that's how we're going to play with him in the stand. Um, I don't think I don't think that is. I think it's a coincidence that's what's happened. But I thought the atmosphere was good on Tuesday because the players brought us into the game. But there was a lot of empty seats in the den, which I thought, you know, it's, it's quite hard times at the minute. But also because of the football we've been offered, it's been shit. And I don't blame people for umming and ahhing about coming, especially when you know they're thinking, is it worth it financially? But I tell you now, if you weren't there Tuesday, and that's what we're going to get promised and played every week, it's worth your time getting under then and just get just be involved. Do you know what I mean? Because if we get behind this team and they play like every week, it's a recipe for success long term, definitely. It is, but just behaving on the pitch. Isn't isn't the be end and end all of it? There's a lot going on off the pitch and under. You know, walking into a huge police presence inside the stadium, um, the way that fans have been treated, the way that you know bits and pieces have been going on. Um, I'm not. I'm not against. I, I agree with you, Mickey. But the pro, the thing is right, and I I feel this too. We have bugbears and issues. Some of them are more present consistently throughout the season, but. Once you win four or five games in a row, them issues go away till you lose four or five games in a row again, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm not saying, like, a lot of people have valid issues and things are not coming. I, I totally get that. But I'm saying the people that shirked off going Tuesday because they thought we were going to get battered or they just couldn't be asked to go because we've been playing shit. I'm just saying we're not after Tuesday night. If that's how we're playing and that's the way we're going to go, it's too early to judge, like you said. No one's kind of getting carried away with it. But if we have that kind of consistent support week in week out and we get offered that I think we're going to go a long way to where we want to be one day oh, I totally agree with you no no I totally agree with you I think I've, I think you're right and I think I don't think necessarily people shirked off I just think that people are pissed off with with dealing with the same boring football we've had for, for such a long time yeah, and, and I agree with you yeah yeah That's and I agree with you that if we get if we get to watch the football what we got on Tuesday win lose or draw then people will back the team it's just yeah, I think a lot of the posts what happened on Tuesday where you saw a lot of people tweeting before the game going, there's no fucking way I'm going all the way down the den. It takes fucking four hours to get, you know, to get there, this, that and the other. So watch the boring shit we got and then all of a sudden, what, what, what we haven't done compared to some out there is basically contradicted everything what we've been saying in the last six, ten weeks where we've been going... Right, to cunt, he's got to fucking go. He's fucking crock of shit and all that. To then going, right, really good. He made great substitutes and done all this. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Look. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 25th, only on Hulu.
If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. The players just gelled, mate. The players just fucking worked together um, on Tuesday. And, you know, things were aligned. Uh, There's lots of things there that probably all gelled into place. Um, it sounds as if the players are clicking on training. It sounds as if they're having fun. Um, and I think going in, not having a proven striker probably worked as well because it just gave them that we are going to be the underdogs. We don't have a fucking striker, lads. What are we going to do? We've got to work together to try and create, you know, opportunities. There's no big man up the front that we can throw the ball to or do this, do that. We've just got to try and work. And that's what happened. They worked together. And they produce magic. And, you know, when I, I sat there joking, he said, you know, it's a, it was a sign of Barcelona. It was a joke. It's been on Twitter. A few people have posted it. But when they're working together, it just flows so well. Those passing, you know, what was there? Six, seven, eight, nine passes before the goal. And it just works. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It's all with you. good. It's true. It's true. And I think. What's, I your think what's, what's on your phone? Neatly move on to Berylson, like I said, because he was at the game on Tuesday and Saturday. And I thought his statement, you read it, right? Have you seen it? You're going to read his statement. I'm not going to read it in full, but have you seen it? Have you Uh, heard it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd question whether or not not it was John Berylson's statement. But yeah, I read read the statement, yeah. He would have approved it, wouldn't he? I'm sure he would have. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yes, he would have approved it. Yes. Ghost writing. Ghost writing is a is a popular thing nowadays. So yeah, go on. So whether or not he wrote it word for word or whether or not he said it word for word, he still would have approved it and said, yes, I would, I would say that. So, Sorry, I'm being cynical. Well, we'll see him there. But I think it was interesting because obviously he'd done, his, he'd done his typical um, spiel of like, we need fans at the games and if we yep. want to compete. A bit like what you, you did know, a minute ago. It's similar because like, Mine's not necessarily motivated to the incentive of financials for Millwall because, of course, that's an underlying issue. We need more fans, more yeah. seats, on bu- more bums on seats, as the saying goes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. However, yeah. I, I just say, I think if people that were shirking it and didn't want to go Tuesday, look past that because we're going to places. You're going to get abuse like for that, you know that. You know that. Why I reckon that? there's going to be, I reckon there'll be a few people comments going, I ain't fucking shirking it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hey, how you said it, not me. I'm, Nah, I don't mean, you know what I mean. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. People know what I meant there. And my point is... <laughs> I paid the hook. I've thrown it out there. Yeah, my point was and is, like, that, like, if you couldn't be asked to go Tuesday because you're worried about performance, trust me when I say that performance on Tuesday was worthy of going to the game and turning up for it. I do question, obviously, if you know if money's tight and stuff, it's thirty-two quid potentially to go to watch Millwall. Um, I, I don't. I've got a season ticket. I don't pay thirty-two pound a game. That is a lot of money, and I totally understand that of people debating whether or not I'm not not to go or not to got kids and family. Blah blah blah. But back to John Barrels' statement. Anyway, it was interesting. He name drops obviously the young players' influence. Obviously mentioning Billy Mitchell, Danny McNamara, and Tyler Bury for the impact on the senior side, and he also name drops Sat Lovelace and a few others in there. But it was interesting, the key line, obviously, I spoke about the attendances and getting more people in, but he did turn around and go, there are games to play and to win between now and May, and who knows where we'll end up. I think this is, that is exciting, and then we can look forward to a big summer for the club in terms of recruitment and squad building ahead of 2022-23. Thoughts? You're going to be a cynic here. Go on, tell me. No, I'm not going to be. Listen, we've been following, you know, I've been following Millwall a long time and that's not the first time we've had those lines. This is if it's as if when statements are written by the club, they've got a library of statements and they just go, right, we pick that sentence from there and we'll have that sentence from there and we'll have that sentence from there and have that sentence from there and we put them all together and we make a statement. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it's a bit like writing something for Google, you know, something what you want to get really well on Google, you write the key words, what, what everybody wants. So, you know, the young players. We've all been talking about the young players most of this season. Give them a fucking chance. What's the point of having an academy if you're not going to give them a chance? Because we're not selling them for multi-million pounds, so you've got to give them a chance. And then you can sell them for multi-million pounds. We all know that recruitment's shit. We all know that there needs to be a heavy investment in the club. If both of those come off, fantastic. Do you know what? Fantastic. But if they don't, hey-ho, it's where we've been every 
every summer, every January for the last so many years. We're promised to How much is Danny McNamara worth if we sold him today? Have interest. Fan to the a question to the people watching as well. I reckon looking at him, looking at the potential and all that in the current market, it's gonna be ten to fifteen. Oh you you've gone really ambitious there. I was gonna say two to five if he keeps playing the form he's playing. Because he's gonna have a full season of championship under his belt and looking really competent at this level. Ten to fifteen is the the milestone we all aim for one day, definitely. I think at least two to five million pounds if he plays consistently really? in the end of the season, at least I'm saying that that is I, like I, okay. Let me part. let me just spin it on its head a bit. How much do you think it would cost to find a replacement, Danny Matt? Two to five million pounds, probably. That's my point. Like I think at the guy in market rate, and this is why it's a little bit off topic, but I, I I'm happy that we're getting the youngsters playing and if anything, Fury playing is kind of forced on the manager because he didn't really fancy him, I don't think. Well, he did, but now he's given the opportunity to play. And I think the same goes to Matt Amari. He fancied uh, Ryan Leonard at right back at one point in the season. But because Leonard's injured, Danny Max playing. And you're seeing these players play and they're actually doing the business. And the same with um, George Savile. I mean, George Savile. Billy Mitchell, he even tried to play Savile and Evans or Keith and Bell Evans. He didn't really see a place for Mitchell at the start of the season. And he forced his way in. And he now doesn't and drop I, him. And look, and these I are think, players that have got yeah. the opportunity to play, yeah. and they're impressing. I think you can't. Well, they've got they've got the opportunity, and they've gone. Thank you very much. Now fuck off. You're not having my shirt back. And I'm going to be on that on that shirt on that, on that to, every week. And to tie back into JB's statement, he's mentioning the youngsters, and I hope. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. Like it could have been ghostwriting or blah 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 blah. But the point is, is he the chairman is talking about young players in the side. There's got to be a directive now the club's got to move forward to. And I've banged the drum about this all the time, saying there's no clear directive of how the club is going to cope. But I think that's... the manager and after the manager. But if this yeah. is the directive now we're going, where we're saying youngsters have to be in the squads, make them valuable assets, and one day perhaps to put, sell them in for a profit and then reinvest that money into more players, winner, winner, chicken dinner, I think, in my opinion, because that's how we're going to compete at this level. But also he's mentioning the recruitment, Mickey, because... I don't think we often see the chairman say stuff like that. It is a big summer coming. And if he's saying it, you've got to, you've got to take it at least with a bit of kind of belief that we're going to give it a go in the summer, I, especially if we're in the right area. I think I'm cynical because I think, you know, over the last so many years, I've, I've you know, with the AMS battle, et cetera, and I'm not going to say I agree. I agree with you. I, I think I think PR is, is what the world's all about. Football especially works to PR because... It, it's it's a big business. If you've got some bad wins and then people drop off, it's about making sure you get people back. And and you're not going to get people back if you're playing shit. If you're playing well, you'll get people back. So I understand this. Come on, we need you, we need you, we need you, we need you. I understand all that. And you know, I you know, John's probably said a lot of that, but it, you know, it is there's artistic license about what he said. Uh, and it and it's always you know put together and everything else. That is what it is. But I do agree with what you're saying about recruitment and all that because the club is obviously looking at focusing on the youth. Because at the moment we've got the academy. I think we used to be a, a Blackheath Rugby Club. Uh, they lease part of the building and they do the academy there. They've got the other bit over um, at uh, Bromley, uh, um, Calmont Road, and. Go. And they're moving everything closer to Brands Hatch on a purpose-built, you know, state-of-the-art, fucking as much as state-of-the-art is for Millwall, um, new facility where we're going to have the academy, we're going to have the youth setup, we're going to have the first-team training, we're going to have everything all in one place. The media hub's going to be there, you know, the office space, because everything else at the moment is all over the place. It's all, it's all done. So, you know, realistically, that is going to be absolutely massive to have academy first team thing they'll be able to see the players probably be able to play games more together and set you know everybody's going to be together and be able to chat about games etc 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 which is fantastic you know absolutely fantastic news um and i do believe that there are good things coming but you know it is it is millwall and some days we do get far far too ahead of ourselves and we get brought down to the ground, back down to earth with a bump. But 
Do I think Millwall in the summer is going to start spending twenty million pound? Probably not. Um, but even if we can get five million to spend on a couple of players, then you know what that that to me would be a good summer spending. With the fact that we're probably going to invest what ten, twenty million, ten, ten million maybe in that in that new training facility, maybe five, ten million by the time you take in development and everything else and staffing, I think there are good times coming. Um, but yeah, how old is Glenn Belson? Uh, 70, 74, I think, 73 might be. When I, when I, was board, yeah. I think when I was thinking, I think he was 67, 68. I think he's, he's 70, maybe just over 70 now, maybe. Yeah, 67. So my question maybe. is, yeah. how well, his long? Boy, how... His boy's going to take over afterwards. Well, he sort of put a fund in it. He sort of put. A trust thing is, is so how much ever happens, it will go. So, like, if if the worst case was say Sunday morning, thing to do with it afterwards, because we don't really see much of his son, like, there's no kind of handover mm. period that seems present. So, I don't think it's anytime mm. soon he's going to sell the club. But is it maybe a case of he's putting money in now <laughs> in the infrastructure, you know, making sure we've got a training ground that we own? We don't own the stadium, mm. obviously, so no. that's not really an asset for the club. Training mm. ground. Youth players that are coming for a bit of value, uh, try and make them a value asset in the championship, and then obviously then develop the team and then try and yeah. build the club. And obviously we know about renewal and the development coming, and we're not stupid. So <laughs> we're not stupid about that in the slightest. Who said that? Wankers. Who's, who's that? <laughs> they're going to be sitting. Someone, someone's going to be listening to this in the car, and they're going to go down the road, and all of a sudden yeah. they're going to go wankers. wankers. <laughs> Who said that? What have I done? I haven't done nothing. But yeah. But, but we know, obviously, he's a businessman at the end of the day, and we're thankful for him for writing his losses off every year with us and putting them back in the money that was missing every year on the balance sheet. Oh, yeah, but long term, you've got to think, is, start, is he starting to plot his exit strategy for the club? Uh, he's obviously going to leave us in a better place than we found us, and it benefits us in the long term. Tick, tick, tick. We don't mind that. But is he starting to play his exit think- strategy? I don't know if it's an ex... Uh, listen, in all the time I've been wrapped around the club um, and wrapped around him and, and speaking to him and everything else, I've never, ever um, sussed out what the exit strategy is. And it's something what I've always questioned. I mean, the fellas put best part of £90 million into the club. Um, and is he going to get that back from the regen alone? Probably not. Um, where You know, he ain't going to sell the club for that money. So exit strategy... I don't really know where there is one. What I do know is what he's told me plenty of times is he wants to make the club self-sufficient and mm-hmm. buying us our own training facility and making it nice. Uh, by the way, Omar's not having packets. Those of you who are listening to it as a podcast. Uh, um, well, I'm just, I'm I myself the whole show through. <coughs> just just for a bit of it there. Um, Cause I'm not going to read it out. And um <laughs> I think with having a better training facility and something that looks good to the eye is going to attract more younger players coming in. At the moment, you know, if I was taking my boy, yes, I'd want my boy to play for Millwall or even my girl to play for Millwall. But if my first view of Millwall was Calment Road, I would be looking and going, oh, hello. Do you know what I mean? Compared to maybe some other teams locally, you'll be like, oh, hello, you know, it doesn't look the best. But once you get a new thing, all of a sudden, everything else could fall into place on the back of it. Um, and then once the regen and some of the things what are allegedly going to be in place for their benefits for us, the fans, with some some bits planned, you know, as long as they come off in the plans and they're not, you know, and they're still in the plans, um, it's going to be superb. You know, if we can get that regen done so, you know, Certain people need to pull the finger out, not the club. Um, certain people need to pull the finger out and get that deal, get, you know, get the deal agreed um, with Millwall. Then, yeah, the future's bright. The future does look fucking good. Um, and if so we don't can make... Devil's right. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, love yeah, Devil's yeah. Great for everything he's done for us and doing for us and hopefully for a few more years does that. But like I said, is there an strategy there? We don't know. We've said that. However, uh, also... Why is, um, which is obviously, if you read online or you're on a forum or even on Twitter, it was on there, the Mill Trust is recirculating as well. Like, And that isn't a whole subject for a whole other day. 
and we'll wait for a lot of information to come out on that. And it's something I definitely will take an interest in because something I missed from before because I was only 10 years old when the Mill Trust was founded or, you know, or when it was kind of put to a head under the slavery and stuff like that. And it's definitely something I, yeah. I personally take an interest in and look at it too. Oh, but, me too. But it seems like it's instigated. The club seems to be involved with it as well, obviously, because Steve Kavanagh's meant to have kind of been involved with this. And I'm not really well educated in the whole subject, but obviously I'd love to learn more about it when, as when we hear about it. And I know there's meant to be some content coming out about it in the near future from other channels that can't be named. <laughs> if you've got the joke there, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, I just wonder, like, is that all coming up because something's going to happen in the near future or the short to no. near long term future? Let's just, you know, I'm putting my devil's advocate hat on here. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know what I'm if, saying? Yeah, thanks for that. You put me right there. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, um, no, I think, I think, you know, I think Kavanaugh, I think the MSC, I think um, Phil Clark of Phil Clark's been looking at the trust. I think a lot of the trust stuff's come from um, Tracy Crouch's um, reviewing to um, fan led review about football, they're looking to try and create a, um, like a shadow board of fan experts to a degree. So <coughs> you'd have um, a fan who, who helps oversee uh, retail, someone else who oversees something else and something else and something else. So they're sort of shadowing the official board with the directors and stuff. So like you'd have maybe someone, who, who possibly specialises in communication? Who will, who will shadow like Billy's role and Stuart's role? Someone who would there? You, you know, you're not going to have necessarily. You'll have someone who will probably shadow sort of Steve's role as such, sort of within the fan base. They've got no control over the club, but they're there to offer support. It's it's like a secondary support bracket. It's not a fan group, um, and it's I'm not, not educated you know, on the subject. But, but that's what it's trying to do. A, it's a good thing, isn't it? It's definitely it's, it's good. Oh, to the see fan that. review is good. Apart yeah. from the Premiership at the moment is already paying uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds on lobbyists and lawyers to basically rip it apart and say there's no way you're going to get a golden share and there's no way you're getting a fucking uh, a, a, a shadow board. You're not getting any involvement in the running of the Premier League, which I think is quite naive. I think. You've got to look at these clubs and go, look, we're never going to run like the German model. I think we probably have to do this onto another show. We'll touch it slightly, but I think running on time, we'll, go, we'll do this on another show. We're never going to be like the German model. So the German model, the fans own 50% of the club, and then there's a 1%. So there's like a golden 1% where the fans have a golden 1%. It doesn't give them overall ownership of the club, but they do have a veto and whatnot to go into, into that side of it. And I think that if we move along there, then it will stop the likes of Hull, um, Derby, and different clubs what have been, you know, absolutely fucked over um, by people who take ownership. Because the problem you've got is people go, well, why are you hitting the club with, uh, you know, with 12 points deduction and this many points deduction and all that? Well, unfortunately, when people own a football club, they pay the licence to be able to trade in the football league. And the only thing the FA's got is they can't take that club away from the person who owns it. The only thing they've got is to go, well, fuck you then. If you're not going to behave yourself, we'll take the points and we'll force you down. And then you'll end up, yeah. And then you'll go down, 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 down until you basically don't have a club anymore. And the AFL, the FA, as much as they say, oh, we don't want that. Well, you know, you could figure out another way, make it, you know, make it out that the, the clubs are owned potentially by fans, and then we just basically have and they sort of lease the club to a degree. Because we all know people who own the club, same as you know, John Berrison, Steve Kavanaugh, etc. etc., they are custodians of our club. They don't own it, and they'll be here for a set period of time, and then they fuck off and do something else. I think Steve Kavanaugh's been at South End, he's been at Charlton football, you know. Being CEO of football clubs is what his job is. Same as mine, sales and everything else. So I, I think Tracy Crouch's approach is right. Um, this has gone from I, a conversation to a lecture with Mickey, by the way. No, it's not a lecture. I, but I, I I'm going to get my word back in to the conversation. Go on, no, I just I, I I was just making a little point to it because I always tie it back into Millwall. And I think we we'll definitely do a show about it in the future once we know more information about the trust. And like I said, I reiterate, I think it's a good idea. 
I tried um, to get I, the trust ages ago with AMS and um, and the people who were in charge of the trust parpared it. Um, when we first it's nice to have transparency AMS. and hold the clubs accountable. And I know you're talking that you mentioned about seven minutes into your little ramble there about Premier League clubs and stuff. Forget everyone else. Obviously, it's good that, that everyone should follow suit and it should try and be a transparent thing across the border. But I think from a Millwall point of view and being selfish right now, um, it's just interesting times, I think. And that's all I, I think, you know, it's been a kind of a ramble show a little bit and we'll do a bit about Blackburn, I suppose, now Mickey, before we wrap things up and obviously look forward to the weekend. But I just think it's it's an interesting time for the club where there was obviously a lot of uncertainty three or four years ago about the CPO yep. and yep. Lewisham. Yep. And yep. now it's like, we've kind of feel like we've kind of gone through that, even though it feels like it's still lurking in the background a little bit. I think it is still lurking. But we all know yeah, it's we, lurking. We're not we're not naive enough to think it's done with. But at the same time, it's quite exciting times for the club. To you know, we're on a level playing field, and we've sustained ourselves in the championship for four or five years. And typically, with due relegation, doesn't seem like it's going to be this year. Hopefully, it's not next year, and we can just try and make this our level playing field to kick on. And I think that's what's the exciting part of it, really. And I think it's just good times for the club, mate. I really do. So, let's do a bit about Blackburn. Uh, absolutely, let's do a bit about Blackburn. Um, we'll be back straight after this. Welcome back. Part two, the final part. This is where we're going to talk about Blackburn. Um, one of the reasons why Kai ain't with us today is because Kai is already in sunny Blackpool, ready for um, a little break, and then he's going down to Blackburn on Saturday. So, uh, when you're listening to this, Kai, hello, you are missed. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on the weekend show. Um, and he is doing us a match report for uh, the Blackburn game. But coming in, Blackburn, give us all the stats and whatnot then. Omar, tell us tell us what, what's going to happen. <laughs> well, we already established that Kai doesn't listen to our shows back. So if yeah, Kai, if you yeah, are listening, yeah. I feel sorry for you having a few days in Blackpool with the Storm Eunice brewing. So, um, <laughs> sometimes you're listening at this point, be sure to correct me in, in our WhatsApp chat and say, you listen to the show. But what, with 53 minutes into our show, I don't think he's listening, Mickey. I hate to break it to you. No, I'd hate, but, I'd also yeah. give a just, just one thing. I'd also give a hint to, to fans listening. If you see somewhere advertising a cheap weekend break, um, Sometimes it being cheap doesn't necessarily make it a good one. <laughs> well, with that said, though, like we've also you, you kind of a little bit off topic again. We've got Easter Friday pressed in a way. Yeah, and I was looking into going because I'm going to do it because uh, my pal, my pal's not done Preston before and wants to take the ground off, as they say. There's no trains up on the Friday. There's trains up on the Thursday and train back on the Saturday. But Easter Friday is engineering works, so we've currently got the prospect of potentially a night in Preston. Maybe two, mate. So, you know, like... <laughs> really? Breaks, Preston's but... not really the place you want to spend more than an hour and a half of football. They've got a pot well, though. So, hey, you know what I mean? So, if What's you don't that? know what a pot well is, you, no, you have to it's, Google it and find out. It's, no, no, no. You can explain to the listeners, for those living no. in Australia, America, Indonesia, the Philippines, Malaysia, shall I keep going? But we won't. But come on, explain what is pot world. Is it a bit like... Oh, is it? It's a club. Oh, okay. It's a, it, it plays cheesy music dating to the nineties. You, you'll love it, mate. It's about. It's probably when you were about thirty in the nineties, so it's all good. You're fucking as bad as my kids. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking. Do you know what I mean? Blackburn. Come on, Again. let's go back to it. Blackburn. And if, if also if you are going Preston, FYI, there's no trains on the Friday. If you've got a route around it to get up there, be, do sure to let me know. Get in touch with me. Be great to know if you're if you're running the coach up there and back. Omar wants to come on the coach. Nah, I'm not doing coaching, <laughs> mate. That's a six-hour coach journey. No chance. No, no chance. But yeah, Blackburn. They're about winning four games, Mickey. Um, ben Brereton Diaz is also ruled out of Saturday's game. He's had talisman. He's not played the last few games them either. It kind of coincided with their poor run of form as well, mate. So is that that fellow who changed his name? Ben Brereton Diaz. Yeah, but he yeah. was Ben Brereton. He's had top goal scorer at the club. Obviously, scored a lot of goals for them. And he's not played, I think he played against West Brom, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's he's kind of picked up a knock and it's coincided with their run of form kind of nosediving and they're going to need other players to step up to the plate. Obviously, Sam Gallagher's a good player, the striker they've got there at the club. Um, it's going to be a tricky game. I'm not expecting us to pull up any strings against the likes of Blackburn. But with that said, we've had a couple of good games away to them in previous years. I remember under lockdown, I think we drew 2-2 there, didn't we? 
um, the year before last. And I think they're the sort of team, Blackburn, that you can get at them. Similar to QPR, you know, we we had the chances to score against them because they came out and played against us. Similar sort of performance, I think, will be expected against Blackburn and hopefully we come out on top, mate. If we played like we did Tuesday, I think it's game on. Yeah, I agree. And and that, that geezer who's got a double round, that's the one who played for Colombia, wasn't it? No, close. Chile. Chile. That's it. Chile. Chile, sorry. Yeah. Chile. Come on, Chile. We'll go. Chile, yeah. isn't it? That's it, isn't it? Most we actually lost that most... game 2 1 during lockdown, but I remember it yeah. being a really like kind of end to end game. Lots of chances, lots of you know opportunities for us to score. And I think Adam Armstrong scored in the 90th minute. Uh, he did indeed. There you go. But we've always seen goals against Blackburn, and especially on the Tony Mowbray side, that they like to play attacking football at home. And I, I think it's just going to be a game suited well to us to try pick off on the break. You know, we've seen us on Tuesday night in the second half play a lot without the ball. And when we get it, just play with kind of decisiveness. And I think same team again that finished the game and just give it a go, mate. And you know, if, if that's all we ask for, and if as long as we get that, we won't be far off. Hopefully, putting performance in that we, you know, we're not expecting the win, like I said, but. If we turn up like we did Tuesday, I'd fancy us against any side in this league. I totally agree with you. Um, if we played like we did Tuesday, I think uh, anyone is is beatable. Um, and if we can go back to that and keep in clean sheets, then fucking hey-ho, we are um, exciting and we'll have more bums and seats. So, uh, yeah, I think we pretty much... Yeah, more bums What's the score prediction? Come on, what's the score prediction? 2-1. Uh, to me all? Yeah. To keep with the whole reverse psychology or playing down stuff, it's going to be a 2-1 win to Blackburn on Tuesday, Saturday. But if you listen to our podcast a lot and you know how I am, you know, who we can live in just, hope. Just out of interest there, did you have show notes there or were you just reading from the website for the for the stat bits? Just the last bit a minute ago where you, you, you were reading like down and then you just suddenly went, Oh yeah, I was right two one. Or you know, so that, I was looking at stats in front of me. Oh, okay, I was just, uh, if I you're not four lines, but then yeah. when I delve into it, when I say oh we lost two one in the end actually, and yeah. I, I remember it was Armstrong scored ninety minute, and I then clicked something. And go, oh yeah, it wasn't Armstrong that scored. So, uh, right. so those of you listening to a podcast, in. have a look at it when it goes on YouTube, or watch it when it goes on early onto recast, and um, and then you'll see. You'll also see that. Um, you digging me out, by the way. <laughs> Listen, this fucking it's normally me, mate, who gets dug out when I'm not on the show. So fucking game on, mate. Um, you'll find now that on Recast, Recast will cost you the price of watching one advert. If you want to watch our stuff on Recast early, it will cost you the price of one advert. So you watch an advert for 10 credits, uh, and then you will be able to watch ours for that 10 credits. So it's not actually going to cost you any money, uh, anything else as such, uh, to watch our shows early. They will go up earlier, uh, at least... 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours earlier than they go onto YouTube. Uh, and sometimes they might go up a bit earlier than they get released on the pod. So if you do want to watch it, it will only cost you 10 credits. Um, so in theory, it's not going to cost you anything. YouTube, thank you very much for everyone watching us on YouTube. You are helping us hit all the right um, right numbers for there. And you're hitting, helping us hit that algorithm, that magic algori- algorithm. Fuck knows how it works, but it seems to be doing the right things. Make sure you press the subscribe button and make sure you press the notification bell. That way, uh, it just helps us get more uh, in front of more people, really. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it makes us feel good. I don't know how much it really works, but it does make us feel good on the morning chat um, when we've got some more subscribers and, and comments. So that's all good. We don't um, do it for the comments and subscribers, but we do it for the interactions. Like we do, well, the yeah, comments we for, yeah. but we it's great. I I love having people grab me at the pub or at the games and going, "Oh, I listen to your podcast and stuff like." that. And if you do and you ever see me, I mean, I, I don't think I'm quite a distinctive fellow. I probably don't stand out a lot. I mean, Mickey stands out more than me, probably. I imagine for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, you probably you know, know me for being your ex fan on the board, you know, number two, <laughs> only the second ever fan on the board, and I killed the position. So you, you know. Because there ain't one after me. It's now Shona and employed by the club. But so. with that said, if there's any, if there's anything either you guys want to get into contact with us or just, you know, have a beer of us one day, if you ever see us, we're always there. So and I know got, people that have interested coming on. And yeah, we've got two people there. We are we are looking at the next international break of doing a roundtable um, style show with some new voices. So we've got a couple in. There's a couple more spaces. So if you do want to get involved in that, please drop us a DM um, and get in touch or, or even go 
on um, in our bio, you can see ways of getting hold of us. And also, if you look in our bio now, there's a link there on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, etc. Click on the bio and that'll open up. There's loads of information in there. Um, you can just obviously stick it on your phone, but that does give you loads of updates for all the websites, what are focusing on Millwall, News at Den, South London Press, Millwall website, etc., etc. And also right at the top, there is a way where you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, if you want to leave us a voice message, what will get you straight on the show instantly on the next available show, it's there. Um, it's a bit like another show does, but instead of a voicemail, it's a voice message and it's easy to do. You don't need to fucking remember any telephone number, just press a button. But look, that's us for another um another few days i suppose until we come back and hopefully we're talking about the victory at um blackburn and hopefully young kai hasn't been blown away walking down blackpool seafront and hopefully come sunday my co-presenter omar will no longer have this horrible horrible condition called man flu yes it's very prominent and the drugs are helping the safe drugs i promise but yeah, yes yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's very prominent at the minute <laughs> and uh and just to let you know the gym session's coming to this end of the second week and we've done every every gym session we've needed we're back there again tomorrow about six yeah. seven o'clock in the morning we're gonna pump some mine we are looking like mean bitches for the summer already so look thanks very much for listening remember we can't do this without you keep clicking keep saying how much we're great and uh We'll see you Sunday. Up the lines. One hour of you. How have I lasted that? With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.